Welcome to the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates Art of Living interview series on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang. And today's show is part of our Smithsonian Associates interview series. We have an excellent program about travel in these days, post-pandemic, about other cultures, food, and specifically the food of Italy as we talk to Rick Steves about his new book, co-authored by Rick Steves and Fred Plotkin, Italy for Food Lovers. Thank you so much for listening. We have got a great guest today in Rick Steves who, after reading his new book, Italy for Food Lovers, I've been looking forward to speaking with him for a while. I'll introduce him in just a moment, but quickly, if you missed any episodes, last week was our 690th episode when I spoke to author and Smithsonian associate, Dr. Eric Chudler, about his new book, Neuropedia, A Brief Compendium of Brain Phenomena. Two weeks ago, I spoke with first-time author Danny Olms about his new book, Memoirs of an Ordinary Guy, The Everyday Experiences That Changed My Life. Wonderful subjects for our Not Old Better Show audience. If you missed those shows, along with any others, you can go back and check them out with my entire back catalog of shows, all free for you there on our website, notold-better.com. As I have said so many times, I am so grateful for what I get to do talking to so many wonderful people, many of whom we don't know, but should. Today, our guest, Rick Steves, is someone we all know, love, and are so impressed with. His approach to family and the family of humanity is wonderful and perfect for these times. Our guest today is Rick Steves, Smithsonian Associates popular expert on European travel. He's a PBS star and, along with Fred Plotkin, has written the new book, Italy for Food Lovers. Rick Steves, America's most respected authority on European travel, will empower all of us to have more European trips that are fun, affordable, and culturally broadening. Rick Steves will be appearing at Smithsonian Associates coming up. So please check out our website for more information about Rick Steves at Smithsonian Associates. The title of Rick's presentation is Rick Steves on Eating in Italy, a Cultured Conversation with Fred Plotkin. We have Rick Steves today. We all know that Italy and its superb cuisine draw hungry visitors from all over the world. People come to Italy to savor the famous foods such as pasta, pizza, gelati, and sun-kissed fruits and vegetables. But then they are dazzled by the depth and variety of glorious local dishes and wines from Italy's 20th regions. Smithsonian associate Rick Steves is a specialist in Italian cuisine and culture. We will talk about many of Italy's secret culinary pleasures. Today, Rick and I discuss the unique ways in which Italy's cuisine developed, the food specialties of Italy's different regions, and what travelers miss if they only visit Rome, Florence, and Venice. And Rick Steves will share insights about Italy's hidden gems that will ensure that a trip to Italy is unforgettable, as well as delicious. Smithsonian associate Rick Steves works closely with several advocacy groups and makes regular financial contributions to more than 170 organizations, including annual contributions to Bread for the World. I'm so impressed with all that Rick Steves does. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show, Smithsonian Associates interview series on radio and podcast, Smithsonian Associate Rick Steves. 
Rick Steves, welcome to the program. Nice to be with you, Paul. I hope you and yours are all well and after so much change and upheaval over the last couple of years, especially for a traveler like you. Well, just uh, two days ago, I held my first grandchild in my arms. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, congratulations. What a great holiday. That'll be fantastic. Of course, you're going to be appearing at Smithsonian Associates coming up. And uh, we were going to put links to where our audience can find out more information about you and your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation. And I thought, might be good just to start there because you're going to be uh, with us uh, at Smithsonian via Zoom, and we are all on Zoom these days. But maybe tell us a little bit about your presentation, uh, your upcoming presentation at Smithsonian Associates, and, and maybe how you're going to be using Zoom to engage our audience. Oh, well, we're just, I'm just so exciting to have uh, been collaborating, you know, with uh, Fred Plotkin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I've admired his work uh, about Italian culture whether it's music or, or art or cuisine. And uh, I just feel like Fred and I are just a perfect match, uh, complementing each other's style in putting a book together that helps travelers enjoy a very important um, dimension of Italian culture, and that is food and cuisine. And, uh, uh, you know, I've always uh, focused in my teaching more on going to the museums and the palaces and the history and the ruins and Fred has uh, really passionately and expertly talked about connecting with Italian heritage and culture, um, you know, through your stomach. And <laughs> I'm just so happy to be able to merge that together. And that's what Fred and I are going to do. And um, Italy is my favorite country. And I, I think it's fair to say it's my favorite place to eat. <laughs> and, uh, and, and of course, Fred wrote the book on uh, Italian cuisine. And we've just um, merged our love of Italy and Italian culture and cuisine with our new book. And uh, that's what we'll be talking about. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, I do have a copy of the new book here in my hands. Thanks so much for sending it ahead. It's a collaboration between uh, Rick Steves and Fred Plotkin titled Italy for Food Lovers. Again, we're going to put links so that our audience can find out more information specifically about the book. It's fantastic. And and I've just enjoyed it. it it's got so many great resources, as is always the case with your with your work, Rick Steves. There's this fantastic map in the back of the book that um, offers uh, some planning tips as well as um, the ability to decipher an Italian menu. And I thought that was well, you know, I, probably one of the most helpful things I, for I me. I think, Paul, <laughs> one of the great things about working with Fred Plotkin is, you know, he speaks Italian and he can cook like a chef and he just knows all the little fine restaurants. And I'm like the tourist who goes into a, an Italian uh, cafe and wonders, well, is it okay to have a cappuccino after lunch? And um, and uh, my eager, wide-eyed enthusiasm for the cuisine and, and my sort of um, understanding of how overwhelming it can be for a traveler, combining with Fred's um, expertise, I think it's just all about teaching and inspiring and 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 helping uh, travelers be bold and get out of their comfort zone and try new things and broaden their perspectives. And you can do that in many different ways in your travels. And uh, if ever there was a country that deserved a book for food lovers, I think it's Italy, you know. And a uh, great thing about Italian culture is uh, they don't send you home until you can speak the language and then come back and try again. They want you to have it right now, and they want to feed you, and they want to turn you on with all the traditions and uh, the passions and the fun and the craziness, and the bella chaos, the beautiful chaos. And um, we know how to lap that up 
uh, and uh, that's what we'll be sharing is that that very accessible dimension of Italian culture. Yeah, and and you say that Italy is is your favorite country, and you just love Italian food. And while you're in Italy, I read that you that you really just only eat Italian food. Makes sense, absolutely. But what what is it about Italian food that will hold your palate's interest for so yeah. long as you're traveling there? Well, I, I would say I only eat Italian food because when I'm in Italy, I'm working. And working for me means writing a guidebook or uh, making a TV show or uh, leading a tour. And my whole uh, approach to my travel writing and teaching is for people who are um, spending less than a month in that country. And, you know, I would say if you've got the typical American, Americans have the shortest vacations in the in the rich world. And uh, uh, when we go to Italy, we don't have an abundance of time. And uh, you have uh, uh sort of a, an embarrassment of opportun- rich opportunities to sample. Um, and why somebody would go to Italy and, and eat, eat uh, Chinese, right. I, I just don't know. Um, having, you know, if you live there, of course you would, just like you, you would wherever you live, you'd try different cuisines. But our travelers have two or three days in each stop. Um, and I would remind people that there's a lot of diversity in the Italian peninsula. So what I like to do is, uh, you know, go from region to region and celebrate border crossings within a country uh, from a culture and a cuisine and a history point of view. And uh, that's one thing that Fred and I have done. There's a chapter for each region in Italy and, um, you know, um, you know, eating uh, ethnic food might be, um, uh, you know, uh, Umbrian here and Tuscan there and Sicilian here and uh, Piedmontese there. Uh, that's the kind of uh, foreign eating we want to do within Italy. Uh, you know, Italy, they created Italy you know, what, 150 years ago. And when these George Washingtons and Thomas Jeffersons and, uh, um, you know, great founders of Italy finally created Italy, they said, well, now we got to create Italians because in Italy, there's a huge um, loyalty to the regions. There's a um, a concept called campanilismo, which I just love. And it is that warm, cozy feeling you get when you hear the, bell, the, the bells of your own church bell tower as opposed to the next community's bell tower. And people love the sound of their own bells. And it's much more than that. You know, they, they love the taste of their own... Um, favorite pasta and their own wines and their own olive oil and so on. So that's what we want to celebrate when we're traveling in Italy is that, you know, cuisine equivalent of campanilismo. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for that too. That that's so helpful to know. And, and I, and I want to, I want to say thank you for sharing about your, your new grandchild. Congratulations again. I think that is probably something that's going to keep you around the homestead for, for a bit perhaps. And I, I wonder like all of us during COVID, we were around the house, and I wonder what you did because travel probably wasn't the the option for you. Right. And in particular, with respect to your new new book, did you cook? and And are you a, uh-huh. a chef and, and uh-huh. as well as a foodie? <laughs> uh, I I am not a chef, not by any long stretch. Um, but during COVID, I did have the interesting experience of being a person. You know, travelers. I mean, everybody likes to going on trips occasionally or going on vacation but you know travelers have to be on the road it's like woven into our into our makeup and uh, when we couldn't travel 
it was really quite an adjustment. You just really a caged bird. And I realized at the beginning of COVID, this might last a while. And I really decided to make a blessing out of it, to, to turn it into a good thing. And I kind of worked on it quite a bit. I, I think I got more publicity, more more media while during COVID than I've ever had when I was traveling hmm. because everybody was curious about what's the travel guy doing when he can't travel. And I right. was I was developing this philosophy of employing a traveler's mindset at home. Um, you know, what's a travel, what's a good traveler? Any, I mean, anybody can go to Cancun or, or Disney World, but what's what's a good traveler? And I think a good traveler is somebody who recognizes that you you learn more about your home by leaving it and looking at it from a distance. A good traveler is bold about getting out of his or her comfort zone. A good traveler is curious. A good traveler wants to try new things. Um, uh, you know, and uh, I, I just wanted to have that curiosity and that um, try new things and dust off old passions uh, here while I was stuck at home during COVID. And, um, you know, I, um, my, uh, I thankfully uh, uh, fell in love just as COVID was starting and I had a girlfriend to share the pandemic with hmm, and she came okay. with dogs. Congratulations. Uh, Thank okay. you. And But she came with dogs and I've never <laughs> had dogs in my life since I was a kid because it's just impractical when you're on the road for three months out of the year. Um, and I just had too much to do to worry about, you know, taking care of a dog. And um, she had dogs and I got, well, okay, I got to figure out what's this about dogs and I just fell in love with these dogs. And every day, you know, dogs were a beautiful part of our life. Um, and uh, anybody who knows and loves dogs or cats understands that. But people who don't were clueless. And I was clueless. Um, and um, it, was, it became a beautiful, beautiful part of my COVID experience was just being, you know, appreciating the beauty of having a dog. Um, she had two dogs, uh, Labradoodles. But another thing was cooking. I... Uh, you know, I've got a nice uh, oven, but honestly, I barely knew how to turn it on. I don't know. I just had no use to to use the oven. I rarely used my oven. I used the stove, but but I hardly could make pasta. I didn't. I remember when I cut through a crisp um, onion, it was like, wow, this is really neat. Um, I've just made a point of avoiding cooking all my life. I, I love food, but I love to go out and eat. <laughs> and uh, when it when it comes to just feeding yourself. I'm just Mr. Picnic, you know, um, but I do love going out to nice restaurants. Now I've, thanks to COVID, thanks to my girlfriend, Shelly, thanks to my attitude that during COVID, I was going to try new things and travel without leaving home. Um, I really developed a joy of cooking. And for somebody, you know, well into their sixties, that's teaching an old dog new tricks. And it's just really fun. Um, so I was thankful for that. And, uh, now when Shelly and I cook a dinner, we talk about the choices we made and how the ingredients are and what we would do next time. And, and how of all the restaurant meals served in our town, none are better than what we just cooked. <laughs> and we're sharing it right here with a beautiful evening. Um, that's a dimension to my life, simple as it may seem that I did not have. I never sat down and talked about what we just cooked and uh, I love it. And it helps me now when I'm traveling because I'm more tuned into to that and more appreciative. Hi, it's Paul. Do you love entertaining, informative, eclectic, insightful programs about culture, health, science, life, 
and Everything Smithsonian. As part of our Smithsonian Associates interview series on radio and podcast, we're introducing you to the new Smithsonian Associates streaming series. Smithsonian, a nonprofit organization, is excited to present this new aspect of their 55 years as the world's largest museum-based educational program. Join us from the comfort of your home as we periodically interview Smithsonian Associate guest speakers. Our audience here on radio and podcast can explore our website for more information, links, and details at notold-better.com. Thanks, everybody. We are, of course, with Rick Steves. Rick Steves is an author and a such a well-known television personality who will be appearing at Smithsonian Associates. Coming up, we will have links to where you will find more information about Rick Steves and his upcoming presentation with Fred Blotkin. Subject of their book is Rick Steves on Eating in Italy, a Cultured Conversation with Fred Blotkin. As I say, Rick Steves, I, I've enjoyed the book, Italy for Food Lovers. I also found in my research of you that, that you've written, I've not read this yet, but I, I, sum, I, I summarized it a bit for my, myself, and, and I, I thought it was such a, a powerful title. You've written the book, Travel as a Political Act. And you're well known, of course, for your enthusiasm for, for other cultures. Um, I found this great Mark Twain added, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. And you seem to put that at work in, in this book. And so I wonder if you tell us what is it about travel that you believe helps us as Americans and helps others outside the U.S., particularly in Europe, where, where you do most of your work, see in Americans? Travel essentially lets you get to know the other 96% of humanity. If you believe in God, you believe we're all children of God. And it's kind of silly to be building walls to keep you away from all your brothers and sisters. In our country right now, we have a big philosophical battle going on, and it boils down to, do we need more walls or do we need more bridges? There's a lot of fear. Uh, The most fearful people are the people without passports, the people who are afraid of the rest of the world. They're they're people who let uh, commercial media dictate or shape their worldview. And they're the most frightened people. And I find fear is for people who don't get out very much. And the flip side of fear is understanding, and we gain understanding when we travel. For me, travel is a vital force for peace. And when we travel, you can travel in a way that just um, exacerbates the difference between us and the other 96%, or you can travel in a way that connects us. And for me, the mark of a good traveler is one that connects. That kind of is, in a nutshell, my philosophy about travel as a political act. Um, When I travel, when I write a guidebook and help other people do their trips, when when people take a Rick Steves tour, we took 30,000, 25,000 people on our tours last year coming out of COVID. Um, There's 1,000 tours. Um, We wanted people to get out of their comfort zone. And um, my mark of a successful trip is they come home with what I consider the most valuable souvenir, and that's a broader perspective. A recognition that the world's not a pyramid with us on top and everybody else trying to figure it out, but that everybody's got uh, similar challenges and everybody is innovating with their own best solutions and we should be comparing notes. It's exciting when you travel to recognize that the world is just filled with love, it's filled with joy, it's filled with beautiful people and wonderful families and people that have so much in common with us. 
And it saddens me to think that a lot of people don't recognize that, primarily because they have not traveled. They've let media and um, other people's fears, um, you know, make them kind of ingrown in their worldview. And uh, I think going forward, one thing we're going to come out of this whole pandemic is an understanding that the challenges that confront us going forward are going to be impervious to uh, conventional weaponry. They're going to be blind to walls. And uh, we need to find win-win solutions. We need to have good governance. We need to work with other nations. We need to embrace science. We need to get out and get to know the world and then tackle these challenges together. Yes, I I just uh, agree with you 100% on that. And I, and I also found quotes associated with you from Muhammad who said, don't tell me how educated you are. Tell me how much you've traveled. And then the other quote that I found in addition to the Mark Twain quote was Tom and Thomas Jefferson's quote saying, travel makes a person wiser if less happy. Ah, yeah. Those and I think as we get out, mm-hmm, yeah. Those are so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What The Jefferson one, I think, jumps out at me. Uh, you know, wiser, but perhaps less happy. Yeah, you got to decide. You just want to be happy or do you want to be engaged? And, you know, part of the, part of, uh, the solution, um, you know, we're privileged people who can have our name on an, on an airplane ticket and who are free and affluent enough to go out and explore the world and, and buy a book. Um, you know, called Italy for food lovers and then fly over there and use that book to enjoy the best of Italian cuisine. Uh, we're pretty lucky, privileged people. Um, and, uh, you know, do you really just want to um, go to your grave with photographs of you at barbecues with people just like you having great times? Or do you want to have had a curiosity and had a, uh, you know, get reach out and, and connect and get to know the world? Um uh, and I think in doing so, leaving the world a better place, uh, I really love the value of travel these days uh, as much as I don't love people who just want to build walls to keep the, the rest of the world away from us. You know, we're all in this together and with the global economy and, and, um, and um, you know, the, the challenges of climate change and so on. We're clearly we're all in this together and uh, we, we can work together. Uh, we got to work together. So that's the beautiful thing about travel. And, you know, that that book that mm-hmm. I wrote, Travel as a Political Act, that just mm-hmm. come, came out of my lectures. I, you know, I'd go all over the country giving these travel talks. People would hire Rick Steves mm-hmm. to give a talk about traveling in Europe. And, um, you know, since 9-11, I find myself talking more and more about the political value of travel, how it broadens our perspective and makes us less ethnocentric. And... Um, People, some people thought it was just great, and other people thought, no, we asked you to just give a, a light travel talk. So I thought, well, I better call what I'm doing, not just, you know, Rick Steves, European travel, but um, mm-hmm. travel as a political act. So now, I, when people hire me to give a talk, I say, <laughs> do you want the light travel talk, or do you want the more um, more engaging travel as a political act talk? And generally, they say, oh, give us the travel as a political act talk, yeah. and that's the one I'd far yeah. rather give. <laughs> Well, again, there's so much that we can learn from your new book, Italy for Food Lovers. And there's so much that we can learn from one another over a meal. And I think as a as a person of faith, uh, certainly I am, so many in, in our audience are, you've also taken journeys of spiritual travel. And um, whether it's Camino de Santiago or Notre Dame or the Sea of Galilee – I wonder if you'd tell us a little bit about what you think it is about travel 
that you've learned about people and faith and, and our humanity toward one another? You know, my faith is quite a <clears throat> kind of a childlike faith. I just love the thought that we have a heavenly father or creator, you know, and uh, to, to say father, well, it's way beyond gender, but, you know, in our simplicity, we think father. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we're all children of God. And that there makes me eager to get out and travel. Now, there's a lot of people that, you know, it's, it's holiday time. You're going to invite all the family together. It's that time of the year where the whole family comes together. For me, um, I'm, I'm uh, probably less enthusiastic about that uh, and more enthusiastic about that global family. For me to go to Guatemala and to 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 make friends, to uh, to to dance, to try something new, you know, for me to 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 hike around Mount Blanc as I did uh, a year ago uh, with people from all over, and every night eating with them after working up a huge appetite, uh, you know, for for me to to sit cross-legged on the floor in a mosque and and talk to an imam, uh, it's just a beautiful thing. Uh, and it just, to me, it's a celebration of humanity. It's a celebration of our oneness. And uh, you can get hung up on what is your avenue to getting close to God. I happen to be a Lutheran Christian. Well, um, uh, I like that fits my style. It's my heritage. Uh, but for me, the bottom line is, you know, celebrate the fact that we have a heavenly maker and um, get out there and get to know the family. <laughs> and that's what, that's what travel lets me do. And um as I'm sure Fred Plotkin will attest, uh, a great way to get to know the family is to eat together. And, uh, you know, I always, uh, for me, that's, there's something about breaking bread with people that I just love. And, uh, you know, you could have the best uh, Italian restaurant uh, in, in the United States in your hometown here in our country. But it's not, it's, it's a little bit different to actually go to the country where that cuisine originated and sit down with new friends from that culture who are excited to share their heritage with you. I remember visiting a family who's uh, for generations had made wine. And with my friends, we dropped in and uh, I've been coming there for a generation, literally. And uh, the lady of the house was now getting quite old and frail and she was sitting watching and her daughter was now kind of kind of running the show. And uh, they had all sorts of beautiful, beautiful um, uh, nibbles from their farm that we could try and and she wanted us to it was paired with their wine and she picked up the 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 bottle of wine and had the family's name on the label and i'll never forget seeing her hand kind of frame the name on the label and as she poured that wine to visitors from another hemisphere uh grandma and grandpa were sitting at the side just beaming with pride um and as their daughter was carrying on that tradition and sharing the them, you know, their pr production, their wine, their fruit of the vine with these visitors from far away. It was timeless. It was beautiful. It was uh, a moment I'll never forget. And we can have that in our travels. It brings us together, traveling, breaking bread, drinking wine. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Rick Steves, co-author of the new book, Italy for Food Lovers with Fred Plotkin, will be at Smithsonian Associates coming up. Rick Steves, thanks so much for all that you do uh, for this new book. Congratulations on it. Congratulations again on, on the new grandchild. My best to you uh, for the upcoming uh, new year, as well as the holidays, uh, especially with those dogs. In, enjoy your time there. <laughs> we'll yeah. look forward to you. Well, thank you, Paul. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. And I look forward to uh, our event together. And we will celebrate Italian cuisine with a lot of good people. And uh, it's going to be a, a, a lot of fun. So thanks for having me, Paul. My thanks to the author and Smithsonian associate Rick Steves and his new book, Italy for Food Lovers. Rick Steves will be appearing at Smithsonian Associates coming up, so please check out our show notes today for more details about Rick Steves at Smithsonian Associates. My thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. My thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience here on radio and podcast. Please be well and be safe, which I'm mentioning in every show because I want to bring attention to the issue of assault rifles, which aren't safe. They're not safe in anyone's hands but the military and law enforcement. Assault rifles are killing our children and grandchildren in the very places they learn. Schools, please, let's work together to eliminate assault rifles and let's do better. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast Smithsonian Associates Art of Living Interviews series. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you next time.